Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Man, what a, there's so much to talk about. There's, what a weekend. I know, oh, Tim Hogan's in studio with us, the uh, the director of the Heartland Signal newsroom. I'm sure we got a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm energized because I just came in from off the doors. I was uh, door knocking for the 45th Ward Alder person, uh, Alderman, Alderwoman. I change it every single door that I knock on. And uh, there, I, I love door knocking. The hardest part about going door knocking is, Tim, you've gone door knocking. What's the hardest oh, part? Yeah. It's the first door for me. It's the first door. It's just getting out there and yes. realizing, you know, there's humanity on the other side of that door and you have no idea who's going to be there. Yes. If it's targeted, you kind of know sometimes. Sure. If you're doing get out the vote, it's like, okay, these are my people. Yes. I got to get out and remind them to vote. Those are like the final five days in the election. But when you're... Yep. When you're knocking, you know, door to door, not super targeted, you never know. Well, I and there were a lot of uh, signs already up for other candidates, including the incumbent. I still go to those doors for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. One, I when I was running, it was my favorite thing was to flip a lawn, mm. and uh, I really enjoyed that tremendously. Like sometimes I would just jump out of my car, especially if it was a corner with a lot of traffic. I'd be like, let's see what I can do over yeah. here. <laughs> and I was pretty good. I, I would say ninety percent of flipping. Oh, wow. Well, because a lot of because you're just showing up, just showing up. Yeah. Right. And some people, did you ever run into? to this on other campaigns where someone I had people tell me they would wake up in the morning see a lawn sign on out there and just not do anything about it mm, like in their yard like yeah. they didn't put it there they didn't put it there and I oh, and my husband I would move that right like one guy it was like most of them my husband suspects that it's union members mm. right so if your union is is backing one candidate oh, they, sure. they start dropping signs and if you're a union you figure all right that's our guy uh, but one door I'll never forget and you know my story about my brother Mike I had to come forward with my, my family story and my my brother's death. One guy, he had a Joe Dupelshin sign on his lawn, so I rang the bell anyway, and he goes, hey, I've been hoping you'd stop by. I knew your brother in high school. Oh. So it was really beautiful. And he let me move the sign and put in a Patty Vasquez uh, sign. Wow. <laughs> so, but even then, he still had someone else's sign. Did you, right. when you go door knocking, do you even... I, I don't think I've ever replaced a sign. Oh. I've seen uh, I've seen many a sign destroyed. None of oh, my, yeah. my direction. Uh, yeah. You know, but I Working in you know those strip mall offices, um, getting there early um, in Nevada. I remember we this was 2010. It was a Harry Reid sign, right? Harry Reid 2010 in Nevada was a brutal, yeah. brutal year. Still one, uh, thanks to Sharon Angle uh, and her antics. Um, really, the like early, early crazy uh, of what we're seeing right now was Sharon Angle. Um, some guy came up, drove in, and just. Got out of his car and was like, oh, someone's here really early for a volunteer shift. Nope, just walked over to the Harry Reid sign and just stepped on it oh. a bunch of times. Oh. And then went out and got his license plate and then, you know, yeah. he reported it. Jeez, so. yeah. But people, just like, what would, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what motivates you to be so mad? You got to like, I you know. know, desecrate somebody's property. Yeah. You got to flip a sign like Patty, put some work into just it. Just go introduce yourself. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's uh, there. For, and and I, I do enjoy that. When you're not the candidate, it's a little different. Sure. I'm going to, to tell them in case they haven't heard about Susanna Ernst yep. uh, or, you know, and just the race in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also go to find out like, hey, you know, there's six candidates. It's a possibility. There will be a runoff. Yep. So just uh, just want to make sure you have all the information. And that, you know, in those small races, the uh, the 
state senate races that I did out in Nevada very early in, in my political career was all about, if we had to figure out the candidate's time, it was like, get on the doors. Yeah. Go knock on the doors. And and so many of them were so good at it. And, they, you know, they'd be like, Tim, you sent me to these doors like four times. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not always there. Yeah. And if you make multiple connections, that's good. And like, yes, you, you're going to get a little like, oh, okay, I'm doing this packet again and the targeting changes a little bit but like that is the most important thing for those down ballot races is if they see you and talk to you the candidate they're not going to forget that right and if you're doing it right you're talking to people you know are going to go vote yep and so when they go they're going to think oh well okay i did talk to this guy he's running for office but i didn't talk to the other person so i guess yeah sure i I will it's i really regard the six months well i started in august and really hard in August, but, but a few months before that, from August of 2019 through March 17th, 2020, right when the world shut down for the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, it was really an incredible time. And I and I loved running. My friend Jerry, who you've met, uh, did a lot of great work. All the people I worked, I'm still friends with everybody on my campaign, which I think yeah. is a, I think that means that we did a good job yeah. of working hard. But my, the first day of polling at the 16th District Police Station on that Monday, it was cold out. Jerry was out there early. I was there for the first, you know, the doors to open. And this guy came walking. He walked right up to me. He goes, "I've been waiting since December to vote for you. Oh, that's you great. showed up, and it was dark out. It was cold, and you were all by yourself. <laughs> and I thought, this is a tough little lady, and I got to vote for her. And can I, I, I love that. Can I make an outsider's pitch from not being from Chicago to have you just like maybe move your elections to not when it's freezing? <laughs> And, like, the sun goes down super early. Why? You know, like, move it just to any other time. It's like, you're, it, it, honestly, it puts you know a little why. bit of, like, a hamper on the door knocking. And the, Sure, sure. It's the incumbents. But it is, it, you it's, know, you can't, the, the mobilization is harder. It is. Way harder. I know. Yeah. I know. And But we have such a break right now. That's why I went out. I was like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my husband, yeah. my husband and I went out for an early Valentine's Day lunch. And I was like, I'm going to go door knocking. It's yeah. 55 degrees in Chicago. Yeah. There's no reason not to be on the doors. What do you think, Turner? it's going to look like in this election. Okay, so this is the hard part, right? It's because there's there's so many candidates in the mayoral race mm-hmm. and they're in the same thing for a lot of the aldermanic races in the 45th ward we have six. I, I contend this happened when uh, everyone was running in 2019 when people have too many choices, they choose nothing. Mm. They're like they don't go. They don't go. Yeah. We had 20 I think 26 27% turnout oh, wow. in 2019 for the last mayoral. Wow. Um so it's it's hard. So I hope that people and that's why we keep talking i'm talking to a lot of the candidates from different races uh i don't i mean it's really coming down to get out the vote now yeah uh and early voting started today but i don't i i think it's going to be about the same yeah honestly i think people are are, they're sort of it's kind of a bummer because you know there's always you just want to get more people involved in the process but if you run these campaigns over and over and over or you are challenging and you've got limited resources it's like well i'm going to go talk to the voters i know are going to go vote right so you look in your voter file and you see like oh this person voted in you know the four of the last four elections or that type of targeting and you really want to be able to bring new energy to right. campaigns and to government and to representation, but it's 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 such a disincentive sometimes structurally, right? Because you just want to play it safe. I want to talk to people I need to talk to. I mean, yeah, and and I've t- I've thought about this too. I've, the the other uh, difficult population I think to reach and energize seems to be, and it's getting better, mm-hmm. is the Latino population. Mm-hmm. And so because of the data that many of our campaigns use, which is so they, they for folks, uh, uh, what what Tim just said about like did, you, did they vote in the last Democrat in the last three elections, two elections, t- t- double D's and triple D's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, then you're kind of excluding the folks that you really want to activate. Yeah, new too. voters. You got to yeah. put new voters in there. Like too. you said, yeah. And so I've, I've been trying to figure that out um, because there's already a lack of trust uh, mm-hmm. from from my community in, in many ways. I just heard about a, a fr- my friend Carmen Nervarja Cohn just called me and said that she saw a mailer in a neighborhood that has a growing Latino community. Uh, Ed Bannon is running for the 38th Ward uh, uh, Alder Persons, and his mailer says, uh, "We, you know." Basically, we accept you no matter what your background, mm-hmm. and it's two Latinos, and we're like, me and Carmen are like, even though we're Latino, I guess you'll like us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? I mean, like, it, it's such yeah. a really weird way. Oh, I love campaign season. <laughs> it's so weird. Even People are so Latino. weird. There's so many bad consultants out there. Uh, it's just like, it's amazing. I there's always it's different, you know, because it's a it's a you know municipal election, but the midterms always bring you some joy. Like this is the worst ad I've ever seen. We should review some ads on this show before okay. the time uh, is over for the mayoral race. Yeah. I'm sure there are some bad ones out do you, there. Do you have it? Well, we don't. I mean, maybe we should wait till we don't want to. You don't... know, Demon Sheep. Have you ever heard of Demon Sheep? Demon yeah. Sheep. Yeah. It was Carly Fiorina when she ran for U.S. Senate in California, and it was like a three-minute ad. No. And it was in the Republican primary. And it was like, this person's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And there's like all these special effects, like epic music. And then the ad closes with a minute of a guy in it, with a wolf face on crawling in a field of sheep and like eating grass and to make the point that he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And it's just like one of the all time who produced this. Right. And like, can I get paid to do that? Because yeah. like what? <laughs> whose idea was that? But it's also, you know, I don't know. It is. It's such a, I, I, this like, it's my practice, right? You know, sure. politics, but you look at some of these ads and like, okay, yeah, very formulaic. Okay, I understand. It's a little bit in Chicago right now of, of seeing the, the ads on the air. I'm like, all right, yeah, okay, public safety, public safety, public safety, public safety. What is the delineation right. between the candidates here? How are you different? How are you sneaking your bio, your biography into this ad to appeal to voters? Instead of just beating us over the head with like right. you know what we what you think we want to hear generally tells us nothing new right right oh, that's what I'm so feeling. it's so it's it's like okay I you know I, I this has not helped helped educate me then again like we're not normies over here you and I and sometimes sometimes it's the case you're like oh yeah I saw that guy on TV sure. That's I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, whether it's the aldermanic race here where the people who the people who've been watching the, you know, the work of the current alderman and what they want. We get into this bubble online. We see people who yeah. agree with us and, and we get energized and things like that. And then you go out and people are like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, I haven't really heard much about this race or I was fascinated, actually, in the last couple of days, how many people seem to be down to two candidates. And I was mm. pleased with that, that they've kind of whittled down the field. They had a forum. They've had, I think, two forums. Forums, but like one really formal bit. Yeah. We had a huge turnout, like 800 people at the oh, Copernicus nice. Center. Wow. Um, going back to the mayoral race, though, what are your thoughts on how many forums? Oh, my God. And There's not, another one tonight. I know. There was I, one over the weekend. There was one on Friday. Well, as, as a consult- I'm not learning anything anymore. Right? What do we, I, I just like. And we had the best one, by the way. We did have the best one. <laughs> I stand by that. Because, <laughs> I do. you know, they. Ju- I just like the questions have to evolve. If we were to run the forum we ran now, it would be a failure. If we, to the, at this date, we're like, okay, we're going to take the questions we were going to ask on January 26th, and we're going to ask them again now, it would shed no new light right. on the conversation. But I do feel like some of the forums now are just rerunning the same questions. You don't need to open, and if they do this tonight, I'm going to say this right now, they're going to open with a question about crime, and they're going to go to Lori, 
Right. And they're going to say, but isn't Chicago not safe? And, and like, it's a legitimate topic of discussion, but every forum has done it the same way. Right. And it's just like... It's a lot. Can we? Can you? Can you frame the question different? Can you ask the question differently? I know it's, it's still the number one issue. And again, it's like you and I having this conversation. People might be tuning in for the first time for the NBC sure. debate tonight. NBC WVON debate, I think tonight. So uh, it's entirely possible. But for those of us who like live and breathe this stuff, I'm like, okay, I know. What she, I'll just say the answer for her. You know. <laughs> I have to say as well that we, the way it looked, our. Like just aesthetically, mm-hmm. I think that it was magnificent compared to like sitting on stools or seeing it. I mean, it's just so funny. The stools are kind of funny. This, Maybe well, yeah. we should we should get everybody different <laughs> size chairs. I know, just like very chaotic. Well, because it causes a lot of like you know, depending on your posture, yeah. your size. Uh, I was it was just it was fascinating. But when you have a podium, there's and you have and our signs in front of it just mm-hmm. looked, it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought that the but yeah, but I've now every I'm comparing every forum yeah. to ours, and I'm pretty sure we have the. <laughs> standard. I'm just saying, everybody. Let's take a break here. We're hanging out with Tim Hogan. He's the, the director of the newsroom for Heartland Signal. Follow him and Heartland Signal's work on Twitter, because uh, they're two different things. Tim Hogan is to be followed separately, oh, as sure, well as yeah. follow Heartland Signal. Personal plug. He's pretty funny. Just saying. And insightful. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Conversations brought to you by Minocqua Brewing. Visit the Patty Vasquez show page where we have pinned all the information that you need to find. Progressive Brew in the Chicagoland area. You can also visit our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and support their mission to help kids reach their potential. Help them feel happy, healthy, and safe. And we also want to remind you that if you are in a fender bender, make sure you call Warren at, at our friend Hawk at European U. U.S. Car Service, 773-248-1200. Go to europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for hanging out uh, as we drive it home until 7. I'm Patty Vasquez, your host, and joining me in studio is Tim Hogan, the director of our newsroom for Heartland Signal, catching all the stories uh, around the country that we might not otherwise see, especially like state legislatures and uh, local electeds in the area that are just spewing all kinds of crazy. But first, let's finish up our conversation about the crazy here in Chicago. I was just telling you about some of the uh, tactics for, and our uh, our operations director just came in and said that uh, lawn signs have popped up on his uh, house as well. So, you know, I don't know. You asked me about the uh, cold weather campaigning here. There's, I, I don't know how unique we are in other ways as well. Like there's this whole idea that if you sign one petition, you can't sign others. Mm-hmm. And that's like a myth in most. In, it, no one challenges that anymore. However, there are local electeds who have challenged uh, ballot signatures to the point where people have been subpoenaed. And when I went door knocking, people won't sign petitions yeah. at all. It's a different form of a disenfranchisement, isn't it? Yeah, that's just a, that's just a chilling effect. And yes. it is it's um it's interesting, you know, the degree to which uh and you know, we, I think you have to have some uh legitimate hurdles you have to cross sure. in order to run for mayor, right? I mean, I think we had what like 12 or maybe 13 candidates and then it came time to turn in signatures and it was like just kidding, we have 9. Uh <laughs> or maybe we had 10 and one sure. got challenged later. I mean, I think I won't say the candidate's name, but I know there was one that I was like 
are we are we inviting is he gonna make it he he went to this one forum is that real um he did not make it uh so you know there is a little bit of a testing ground and it's like what we had to do as the democratic party with the debates right it's in order to qualify in a field of 24 candidates you got to have some metrics that show that you should be on the stage and that is how much money have you raised have you raised grassroots dollars what does your polling look like um and i think you know it it depends but uh there there should be some test, I think. I but I, th- there is a line that then gets crossed that is just your registration efforts are also incumbent protection programs, and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that goes on for campaigning. It's, it's about getting power. Yeah. I mean, and we have these new, uh, I don't know if you know about the police board now, as an mm-hmm. elect, elected position in the city of Chicago. And it's interesting how different each district is. In this area, almost everybody that's running for it is pretty much rah-rah FOP, and, and, mm. uh, and, which is, it, it reflects somewhat this part of the community, not necessarily mm-hmm. south of, they call me NOFO, north of Foster. North of Foster. Okay. <laughs> this is a more conservative area and tends to be, uh, you know, we're a little concerned that uh, the police board candidates are all just going to have pizza parties for them every mm. every month. But we'll see. I mean, like, yeah. that's just our speculation. Well, that, I mean, it's interesting. And I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily really know the answer to this, but the natural pool that you would draw from there in a lot of these districts is probably FOP. Folks, right, right. Okay. Like that is that is the national natural gravitational pull. I, I assume mm-hmm. in in other areas too, there are organizers, activists, community leaders right. who are stepping up. Um, but that is uh, that's fascinating. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, I actually was just talking about one of the candidates uh, to a friend of mine, and he is. Uh, uh, there's a lot, but I, I was like, I have a picture of him passed out at Golden Nugget at four in the morning. Who do I give that to? <laughs> oh no! Well, look, I have a newsroom right here. We'll just tweet it out. So let's get to our, our news and things. So uh, what, what's what's top of mind for you guys? I mean, is it more balloon stuff? This, I mean, oh my god, the balloons! I, I, I well, because. I, I was it keeps happening. I was listening to Tom Hartman, and someone was talking about how it used to be partisanship stopped at our shores, mm-hmm. right? So we can fight with each other, but when it comes to global issues, we should be a united front. It's about, you know, fine, we want to talk about America first, or our safety, our security, our international relationships, but the Republicans have absolutely no problem saying that our president is, is weak, he won't do the job, like, and questioning his ability to lead our forces and, and also rely on their expertise expertise and professionalism. Right. Well, that that's part of this is there has to there is a little bit of restraint shown by the commander in chief yes. when you bring the military chain of command into the decision making process. And this is what we saw Fox News get so worked up about early on is they didn't shoot it down right away. They didn't shoot it down right away. Biden's weak. He doesn't want to shoot it down. Yeah. He gave the order to shoot it down. The military said, all right, you've given us a general order. Here's what we're telling you. The best way that we can do this is wait for it to cross into the Atlantic, so there isn't debris that crushes a bunch of people. People on Fox News, like Jesse Waters, was like, were like, "Oh, let it crush a couple houses. You'll be famous. You'll recoup your money." Oh my Don, God. Don Jr. saying the same thing. Shoot it down. You had the chair of the House Oversight Committee, James <gasps> Comer, saying, "Well, I don't know. There might be bioweapons in it. We should shoot oh, yeah. it down. If there are bioweapons in it, you probably shouldn't shoot it down." So my whole point with this is like, we don't know, and I know that there is an inclination for people to want full and complete transparency into everything that's ever happening, but the military does not operate that way. And we have civilian leaders like President Biden that we elect in order to help make decisions and help steer the military and they give advice. And so, you know, there is a little bit of trust that has to happen there. But we live in an era where Republicans want to 
tear down every single institution, even if it's the military, if it's a Democrat in power, it's the Democrats' fault, they're weak, they're incompetent, whatever. But the reality is he's handling it the way that he needs to handle it. I, I don't know. I don't, you know, like, what is the other suggestion that Republicans have right now other than we should have shot it down over Montana and, you know, well, ruin someone's farm? The idea, exactly. The idea that they want to either put people's lives in danger, destroy property, goes back to the whole idea of we'd rather break everything since we can't have it the way we want it. Right. Since we can't shove our ideology down your throat, we'll show up at school board meetings and we'll incite violence and we will put people's lives at risk. Yeah. Like what? It, it, part of this, too, is like it's it's uh, it's it's like almost a quintessential Biden thing to be happening where it's like he finds himself in a very weird situation. Right. Like it's like coming into power when you're the president during a pandemic or when recession starts to hit or, you know, something else bad is happening. There's you, you are thrust into that situation. And this situation is a little different because it's not as a apocalyptic but yeah you have a balloon in the sky and like the pentagon got mocked for we're not going to give hour to hour updates on the location of the balloon you can just look up in the sky and see it but like that's the reality and that's why it drove so much news because people could literally just look up and be like oh i haven't seen that before what is that and that and that has like captured america's attention for the last week or so now and um it is not like you know we we were hearing that part of this is like a lot of it is antiquated uh chinese technology um, and part of it, too, is that we've seen these surveillance efforts before, but they just haven't been as visible. And it's literally what's driving the news is you can just look up and see it. Right. And that's the problem. Right. It's not like we don't surveil China or they don't surveil us. It happens all the time. Uh, but it is just very apparent when you can look up and see a balloon. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely made for a lot of uh, uh, conversation. Uh, do you have time to stay with us yeah. or do you have to run? Because I yeah. want I do want to do, do you want to talk at all about uh, we have a couple minutes before the break but um jesus gets us uh, oh, no. during the super bowl i i was just like i, I you know first like when it first starts i think the first one was like with kids and stuff like that yeah it was all like nice yeah i mean we all thought it was going to be the church of later day saints we didn't know oh yeah, yeah we didn't I know who's, cause they've, they've done some of those right. too and then the second one was all these Im- or one of them was it images of people yelling Fighting, at each other screaming yeah. at each other but they didn't show like the people who were causing like you know i'm sure the conservatives would be like well they also didn't show black lives matter burning down all of our american cities which it's weird because i'm sitting in one of those cities right. it has no seems sm- fine. yeah seems good uh, but certainly not the people who are like yelling at uh you know inciting violence at drag shows right and uh and just uh, on airplanes on airplanes and storming the capital and all these things um but then i found out that it's the one of the biggest donors or one of the biggest uh financers behind this is the guy who owns hobby lobby yep. and i tweeted about it and, and i was like you know first of all we get it right it, you're not saying that what is it god gets us even our and love our enemies yeah and it was so great to know that that's how you categorize us is yeah. enemies yeah so it's, it's also it's, just like play the game of like let's try another religion in this place and see how it goes yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and they and they do they fund so much for anti for anti choice, uh, you know, to to prevent uh, women from having access to the full range of health care, anti LGBTQ, yep. uh, history of anti semitism, uh, all kinds of things. And people came after me, and I'm like, oh, did I strike a nerve? And, yeah, because I don't like the ad about yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's like yeah, you, it's you just wrapped it. up in a nice package. I mean, it's like oh, the nice viral video of the two kids like running to hug each other. Of course, I love that video. And like, all right, you know, Jesus loves me. That's great. But then. You dig a little further and you see who's funding these things. It's it's not 
it's not on the up and up. It's you know what I mean? Altru- it's not altruistic. It's not like there's no agenda here. Correct. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, if they know the, like, if if we know the fir- the New Testament, we already know that. Yeah. Like, okay, we, you know, thanks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's mostly to make the, the religious right, I guess, feel good about watching football again, is what I felt like. <laughs> right? That's funny. Yeah. That's what I think. Hey, did you, um, did you freak out? Did you see the Tubi commercial when the channel changed? Did that happen to you? No. Oh, my gosh. Did this not happen everywhere? What, what happened? You know, Tubi is like a Roku. Yeah. Uh, there's so many of them, right? Like, you, so... There is a commercial during the Super Bowl where, like, the screen changes and looks like someone has taken your remote oh. and is, like, scrolling through something. And everyone, that was my <laughs> nephew's birthday. My nephew turned, like, two years old. And everyone's like, Luca, what are you doing? Turn the remote down. Because he was, like, had a remote. He had, we were, like, yelling at him. We're like, this poor child. Innocent. He's innocent. He didn't change the channel. It was, the, it was the ad. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, let me, uh, 773-763-9278 if you wanted to text us or join the conversation. We're hanging out in the studio. With Tim Hogan, the director of our Heartland Signal newsroom. Follow them on Twitter, Heartland Signal, uh, and go to the website, heartlandsignal.com. More of our conversation when we come back on WCPT 820. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I just got a uh, text from one of my friends that lives in the uh, 38th Ward uh, area. Uh, I was talking about that campaign. And yeah, he said he likes my shirt, by the way. He's watching on the live stream. Hi, my friend. Uh, just I don't know if you've gotten that mailer. But uh, Ed Bannon likes you, even though you're Latino. <laughs> what a poorly like. Sometimes those those like like the just the phrasing. People don't realize what they've done. Yeah. Right. No yeah. matter what your background, we accept you, especially you Latinos, because yeah. we want you to vote for us. <laughs> Got it. Oh wait, here Jim wants to talk about religion and politics because uh, we were talking about the Jesus. Does Jesus get you, Jim? Does he get you? Anyway, I, I hope so. Eventually, <laughs> I hope he does. Anyway. Uh, I was going to say that uh, the Salem majority started with Reagan. Uh, you had Pat Roberts who ran for president, probably the richest man on earth. You had diamond mines in Africa. He was a disgrace. He ran for president. Then you had the other ministers that ran for president, you know, that were saying that Reagan was the, you know, the guy, you know, God had touched Reagan. In the meantime, he was, he did everything by astrology and his wife. Anyway, uh, no, I, all I could say is Thomas Paine, uh, who I got stuck with during the pandemic, who probably uh, initiated the Declaration of Independence, was an agnostic who said, church is in my mind. Church is in my mind. And I respect uh, Paine. And uh, my point being that even, let's say, Reagan in 1980, now it's gone, about to actually probably gone up about 50 million people. And we have people from all corners of the earth. And Jack Kennedy, they try to pin him down. You know, you're going to be a Catholic. You're going to, you know, you're going to do what the Pope says. And he said, "No, I'm not." He goes, "This, this is strictly I working on a political basis for everybody in the country." I will say, can I, mean, I can it, I just say that I was concerned yeah. about having uh, I was I don't know if, we've talked about this Tim haven't we I was raised Mormon mm. uh, I had concerns about Mitt Romney mm. uh, ha- knowing from the inside what the the church structure is like and what they're supposed to like that the president of the church is considered like, the prophet of the church and it's a little bit different than than so I I, I, I yes they did uh, it, it's just gotten it's gotten a little bit uh, not, it's got pretty, 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 yeah. pretty. first of all Romney had a difficult problem. Running as a, as a Mormon, it'd be almost like a Jewish person, like let's say Chris Garan, it would become a huge, you know, it, there's a lot of people that wouldn't vote for him because of that. 
Uh, I'm not saying one way or the other. The point is that in Romney, if you remember, he was like this chosen one and all this other baloney. He had, he had like a, a buildup to him. But people, I don't think people would vote for a Mormon straight up. I mean, Catholics had a hard enough time. The first character that ran was Al Smith in 29. And his, they said that his ballots were thrown into the swamps in Louisiana all over the place. They didn't want a Catholic. They certainly didn't want a Catholic, especially an Irish Catholic. Well, and then I'm, Kennedy had the Hold on a second. I just, I, I just always think it's interesting when, you know, there's a, there's a dominant religion and a culture, and then you point at another religion and you say, well, you know, of course we can't elect a you know, this denomination or, or that, you know, they're all if stories, if you take literally and explain them to people, feel like they sound extreme, right? Like if you if you take literal yes. interpretation of any religion. So it's always interesting. to me. It's like, well, we could never elect a person who believes this. It's like, well, what do you believe? Right. You know, um, uh, and I, you know, lump agnostics and atheists all in that together. It's it's like they're deeply, profoundly held beliefs. And if you don't subscribe to the same or you want to point the finger at somebody and say, like, well, that sounds crazy. It's easy to do. Right. Yeah. And but 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 when you have a backdrop of a dominant religion in a country or a culture, it just feels normal. Right. It just feels it, I'm not saying it feels normal that, you know, there are these there are Jesus ads running on TV, but it is it's it's it, it has a a fit in America. Yes. And my point being a counterfactual of if you had, um, you know, an ad that said, you know, Allah loves you. It would, it would I, be very different. I was right? wondering about this, right? Just what, replace Jim? the word. What were you saying, Jim? I was going to say, they had a, they had a, a creationist guy that put Noah's Ark down somewhere in Arkansas and yes. he put this museum up. Anyway, 40% of Americans believe that human beings walked around with dinosaurs 66 million years ago. 40% <laughs> I know, I know, of Americans do. I know. So my point is, my point is, if you think they're sitting there and dice, slicing and dicing their religion, they, they're going by, uh, script, uh, script, you know, they're going by whatever the, whoever they're interpreting their Bible, that's who they're going by yeah. that, that night. But, but I mean, that's where we're at. 40% of the people in America believe that the people were walking around with dinosaurs. So I, I know, mean, I know. If, if you could trust the political thing, anyway, you guys, thanks for thanks. Thank you. Of course. Thanks to me. Thanks, Barry. Thanks. thanks. And I was wondering the same thing that you just brought up about, so you know, having driven across the country in, in various states, like there's a billboard in Indiana on 65 that says, hell is real. Yeah. Things like that. Or Jesus saves, I think it's on the other mm-hmm. side. And I wonder, like, if, you know, if people are buying, like, Allah, you know, Allah is a true word, you know, like that kind of thing. You could, right? You, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, I just wonder, like, if, if people would be upset. And I imagine they would. Right. Be seeing right. that or buying an ad for twenty million dollars right. on the Super Bowl, people will be like, "Well, they're trying to impose their beliefs on me." That kind right. of thing. But they don't. I feel. I feel like Christians don't feel that way about these the Jesus ads, yeah. and people who are of other religious backgrounds are just like, "Well, this is. I just have to suck it up." And, and, and this is what it's like. Honestly, part of me is like, if it was a, if there was a, a, you know no strings organization that was a right. totally clean record and was like, which one to tell you about Jesus? I honestly would be like, fine, you can spend your money however you want. I mean, this organization can spend its money however it wants. What, what bothers me about it is that you take a second to look at this organization. It's the Servant Foundation, right? right? And they've given $400 million to different anti-abortion, anti-gay groups just in 2020. Yes. Just in 2020. And that is primary beneficiaries of that are one 
a group that drafted the Mississippi bill, which prompted the overturning of Roe, mm-hmm. and now they're spending their money to try to stop medication abortions. Like you, yep. so it's like it, you know, that's that's the reality here. That's what that advertising is for. Yes, the advertising is not what is their ROI. Like they, they like <laughs> yeah. you know, like that is what it's for. So they're they are trying to you know bring people to that message, which is ultimately an anti-gay message. It doesn't. It is not what it appears to be on the surface. No. Right? It is not a Jesus loves you. Ex- right. Jesus. And it, and it is. And then when I mentioned earlier, because they use the word enemies, right, they are positioning themselves of like, here, we're, you know, we have to stand up against all this. Look at what we're, what, what's challenging us now. And we, but, but he gets us. Yeah. Right. Meaning it's, it is exclusionary. He, he's not saying it's not the universal us. Yeah. It's also pretty amazing that like an organization spent $20 million to communicate that they don't know what. Jesus would do because, like, he probably wouldn't spend twenty million dollars on a Super Bowl ad. And that was, so that was <laughs> like, like yeah. come on, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think feeding the homeless, maybe, and sheltering yeah. people. But people were messaging me saying, or on Twitter saying that you don't you do your research. He's a philanthropist, and it's like you can still be, you can still give away a lot of money and be a, a horrible person, you know, find, and, and find some efficiency, right? Like the, the twenty million dollars is. You see numbers floating around of like everything that money could have done that's could have what, housed 1500 people yeah you know what i mean like that seems like a good idea do that right <laughs> and 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 tell those people that jesus gets them right i guess right. I, I guess i i guess it's having been raised in the mormon church uh confirmed in the lutheran church and uh, married in the catholic church i feel like <laughs> i've covered my bases yeah um i was talking to my son about this because i just i don't know the bible well enough to know like that jesus would want people to basically impose their beliefs on others and hold them legally uh challenge their safety in order to like i just don't see that as being his message right M- you know make them suffer uh, well yeah it just it, it's also just like goes back to like what this guy's actual belief system is right. it's not some pure christian ideal it is like homophobic yes you know what i mean Absolutely. it's 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 anti-woman yeah. it's that bottom line it is it's all of those things. well and to your point uh they push cases they they do things that impose uh their beliefs on people who either work for them but then those legal cases become the statute whether it's uh, access to birth control was something that hobby lobby was a forefront on the supreme court case mm-hmm. and as you mentioned now medical uh, abortion mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's not great are you learning more about this group i'm just like it? i just you know it's just i can't i keep going back to like what would jesus do now? I'd spend twenty million dollars on the Super Bowl that, commercial. That's my instinct. Yeah, that's my instinct that yeah. he would not do that. What what uh, what are some of the other stories that are catching your attention? Oh uh, well, in the land of what's happening in state legislatures, which is yep. a lot that we watch, uh, particularly in both Arkansas and uh, North Dakota, we saw. Uh, someone tell us a story without any medical evidence on the floor of the North Dakota legislature a couple days ago. At this point, a couple days ago, that his friend got the COVID vaccine, had a cardiac death, came mm-hmm. back to life, and then his doctor told him he died because of the COVID vaccine, which is not true. It's my disclaimer there, but just no medical evidence. That's how the conversation happens uh, in these legislatures. And then today, there was a Senate committee hearing in Arkansas um, about gender-affirming care. Right. And a pharmacist there who's a trans woman, uh, one of the Republicans on the committee just decided it was appropriate to ask the question, so do you have a penis? 
And what was the reaction from the pharmacist? I mean, just like the the Dis- whole room just exploded. Like, like laughing shame or- on you, oh, disgraceful. Good. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was a good you know, and 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 the guy got a lot of pushback, and so that is that's something that we saw happen just a couple hours ago. Um, but it is you know, watching these state legislatures. I've said this before. You think members of Congress put their foot in their mouth, like let's talk about the people who get elected to like state house yes. or state senate. They are not polished, right? Oh, it is gosh. it is a it is a very clear. Uh, unfiltered view of what the party believes, right? Particularly on the other side, and so we see a lot of uh, a lot of bad stuff. We saw, you know, in the Minnesota Senate, uh, there was a committee hearing where one of the senators just kept using the phrase "illegal alien" to talk to a member of the Senate on the Democratic side who is an immigrant who who immigrated and she finally asks him to stop saying it and again hold some high ground he stops doing it uh i, I will not say to his credit uh um, right. but but things like that we see happen frequently yeah that's that's the thing too is like there's so m- much that happens at the state level that obviously has tremendous impact on us everywhere look we saw it uh start with when texas uh rolled back when they started yep. to control uh decide when life begins and when women could have access to abortion and that was the the glaringly loud alarm bell for roe v wade and and you know i've been thinking about this in regards to social security Right. Uh, we haven't had we haven't talked about the state. Of the, God, so much mm-hmm. has happened mm-hmm. since the state of the union. Yeah. Let's take a break here because I want to talk about Social Security and uh, and what you think as far as like the masterful steps that uh, Biden took to basically make them all applaud to protect Social Security. And I don't think it matters. More after this on WCPT820. <laughs> We're hanging out with Tim Hogan. He's the executive director. I'm just going to change your title every time for the uh, the Heartland Signal newsroom uh, and also a political strategist in his own right has worked on many successful campaign so always great to have his insight more in a moment on wcpt 820 you're listening to driving it home with patty basket on wcpt 820 and we are in studio with tim hogan the director of the heartland signal newsroom catching all the stories that we might not otherwise see but uh we certainly have been talking a lot about the state of the union i was telling tim there's so many things that have happened since last tuesday it's hard there were more balloons there was a super bowl it was rihanna on a floating platform and i thought is she pregnant and she is so like a lot of things bounce your head around but uh okay i don't even know where to start except i knew and one of the reasons i i wasn't keen to like race home and watch it took my mom out for dinner was i just knew they were gonna heckle i just knew yeah. it was gonna be like child's hour like Lauren Boebert and, and uh, what's your name, Trader Green, they just have demonstrated that they're not, not only are they not fit to lead, they're not the adults in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have functionally degraded the State of the Union to a heckler's hour, right? Yeah. And And that is ultimately, I think the president did an incredible job parrying them, right? There is a way, I mean, you think back to 2009 when Joe Wilson yelled, you, you lie uh, at President Obama and was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that yeah. happened. Now through the entirety of a speech, you have people yelling and jeering. Um, you have Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert like standing up and yell and screaming at the president. And I do think he handled the Social Security question masterfully. Also, like, come on, guys, like, don't be ridiculous. We we have videotapes. We yeah. have we can record sound and video and you know match them together and see that Mike Lee, who looks apoplectic, that could be 
suggested that he would ever say social security oh? should be cut when he there's a video of him when he like first was running about how he wants to functionally get rid of the programs or rick scott who like every time this comes up just doubles down and is like yeah we should sunset it we should yeah. sunset the program in five years or you know ron johnson saying uh you know the program should be reauthorized every year that is getting rid of Social Security. If you if you make it like any other program, then it's no longer an entitlement. It's an earned entitlement, but it's no longer a thing that's there. And so for him to then convince Republicans that they should be standing up and clapping for not cutting Social Security was a pretty pretty great move on his part. I also think call my office is a uh, just a great. I use that now, and <laughs> if I ever need office. to get up at a jam, be like call my just call my office. Yeah. Well, I have the paper for you. Well, but to that point, though, that he does have video, we we do have audio. He says he has the uh, proposed legislation that someone gave him, apparently. Uh, So even if they stood up and they, oh, so it's off the books now, like that whole thing, so you've committed to it, it doesn't matter. Like nothing, they they have like the the memory of a a fly, right? Like just going to the next piece of crap that they're going to sit on and then move and and take, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make that. No, no, it's just, it's (laughs) like, it's, and it's remarkable, the reason that it's like such a powerful message for Democrats is because Republicans have been talking about it forever. Yes. Someone tweeted a clip of Nikki Haley back in 2010 talking about cuts to Social Security and Medicare. And like, why is this such a good point for Democrats in elections? Is obviously sure the electorates like tends to be older and people care about their Social Security and Medicare. But at the same time, it's like incredible message discipline on the part of Republicans just over and over and over being like, we've got to cut these programs. We've got to cut these programs. These programs are going bankrupt, which is false. But they are out there saying it all the time. I mean, the first serious policy proposal that it sounds like Mike Pence is going to make is some sort of privatization of Social Security by giving people private savings accounts, which is partial privatization of Social Security. They don't want the program to succeed. I mean, Mike Pence even says, like, we got to get rid of the new deal for a better deal. A better deal for who? Yeah. And it should be telling that he's speaking to a room full of executives. Right. Right. That is that is who their audience is. And it's such a believable point because they've been telling us for so long that that's what they want to do. Well, and the, but on the other hand, when people are like, oh, we're not going to touch it, we're not going to, you know, you're overreacting, which is exactly what they told us about Roe v. Wade right. for decades. It's settled law of the land, it's precedent, all these things. And then slowly but surely, right. they were wittily, they were chipping away at it to the point now where uh, Illinois is not just an island, we're an oasis for yeah. women who are looking for care. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, you, you can't take them at their word no. when they say, oh, we're not going to, don't worry about that. We know yeah. that's a third rail. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. And, matter. and the conventional wisdom that you don't mess with Social Security and Medicare, you know, I think is still true, but it's not going to prevent them from doing it. I mean, it was the same with, with Roe v. Wade. Like, to your point, they they tried to chip at chip away at it different, different ways with parental notification and waiting periods and, you know, a bunch of other horrible policies that they proposed in the states. And they finally got what they wanted in overturning. And it seemed unimaginable, right, that that we would really truly take such a monumental step backwards. But we did. We have. Right. And we could do the same with Social Security and Medicare. I don't know that I'm going to see it when it's time for me to retire, not because I think the program is going to go bankrupt, but because I think there's going to be decades and decades of yeah. efforts by Republicans to undermine it one way or another. And this comes back to uh, what we were talking about earlier is making people distrust the institutions, disrupt disrupt the whole thing because they and that's what like a lot of people think is the way to success is be the disruptor. Only these are the institutions that keep the the fabric of our country together. And it is it is sad. It's like it's across the board. Right. It is. It's loss of trust in media. It's loss of trust in government. It's loss of trust in church institutions. Bang. It's a whole bunch of things. Education. Yeah. 
education. Um, and what I think is really dangerous about that and plays into the Republican advantage is their whole platform is government doesn't work, and it's much easier to make the government not work than to make it work. Yes. And so it's difficult to go to Washington or to Springfield or to City Hall and say, this is a program we need to help people. We need to make sure, you know, X, Y, and Z happens, the disbursements happen, or things are accessible. That's hard work. And that's you, you wake up every day and try to get that done. It is very easy to wake up and say, man, I want to fund that. Right. I'm going to fund that program. That's going to be really hard to do, and I don't fund that program. So, you know, it's it's their advantage as being a party of chaos. It, it, absolutely. And the uh, to your point about, you know, these are the programs that we have to fight for. I, and I wonder, for all because people have started have, be, have become so distrustful of even listening to somebody. It goes back to all the way at the beginning of the show when we were talking about door knocking and the people that we target. Obviously, we're talking to Democrats and things like that. And then you see the numbers of people who still believe that January 6th was the, mm-hmm. the, the election wasn't legitimate, uh, the number of people who still think that Trump should be president, like all these different things. I'm like, I, I it's what, 30 percent still? It's, it's a pretty significant number. Yeah. And I had some friends in Oklahoma who had me on their podcast and they're like, they're this pocket of progressives and they're like, you know, they sound scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that's like. Because, you know, you've been in, in cities and towns where I'll be in a cafe and there are people who still think, uh, oh, by, you know, by uh, he's still the president now and yeah. and he's still running things like oh my god yeah i don't yeah. know how we cut through that right no it's i mean there is a level of delusion where you kind of just have to let people go which is very sad yeah. right like there are and that's that's like the art of campaigning too is like who's persuadable who's movable who's who do you want to mobilize who do you not want to mobilize because there are some beliefs that are just deeply entrenched and so out of whack i mean i will say Sitting down and you ever do like a focus group and show people a commercial and get the reactions and you take a group of random people and put them in a room and have them react to TV or mail or whatever and you will get a million different opinions, right? And it's a good reminder that – you know, you have what feels like an allegiance to a party, right? For for us, like we identify as Democrats, progressives, generally in the same space. A lot of people are just like a potpourri of thoughts, right? <laughs> yes, and it's true. like, I that makes me I generally a Democrat, but sometimes I, you know, and it's like it is a reminder that your average voter is not really worried about having a coherent worldview to explain to others. They just got to kind of make sense of the jumble in their head. Um, but there is a there's but but to your point, so there are, there are some people who have that who are movable. There are some people who are so off the deep end. There's nothing you can do. That's like our friend Terry Cosgrove from Personal Pack who talks about don't get in arguments with people online anymore. Yeah. They're not worth your energy. It's you know, totally yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I know some people argue, and I used to as well, to let those who want to know that someone. At least is in their lane when it yeah. comes to level-headedness. I, not that I'm always level-headed. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it, I cite sources. Yeah, I do. I just like I do watch people engage on Twitter. I'm like, wait a second, people do this. They tweet. You tweet back at the people who tweet at you. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, I, but I take it from your comment that you're one of those people. I just I like. Used to be. I, I used to be. I, do you remember that infomercial where it's like set it and forget it, where the guy's like, you oh, put the food in and you set it and, and forget, forget it. it. That's how I feel about tweeting. Okay. I'm like, I put it out there. Yes. And see how it goes because I just I'm like, you, people are replying. 
Yeah, I used to do that. I mean, I, yeah. my husband would tell you. Like, it's kind of fun, I guess. Well, adrenaline, but then it would keep me awake, yeah. and then I wait for the next thing. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I remove myself from all that. Uh, Tim, always a pleasure to yes, have you hang out. Anytime that you're available, I appreciate it. And if you're not, I also understand. Yeah. I didn't mean to tease you earlier today. Uh, so I'd love to hang it's out with good. you. Uh, Tim Hogan on Twitter. Heartland Signal as well. Go to heartlandsignal.com to catch all the great stories that they do. Commentary and uh, perspective. And uh, thank you for everything that you guys yeah. do. Appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Let's take a break. We'll have Scott Stantis, I think, <laughs> in just a moment. Uh, you're listening to Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on the Heartland Signal. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. To the right, she never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. And like members of any cult, these folks seem willing to follow the directions of their leaders, no matter how irrational or insane or stupid they may be. She likes crazy leaders, she likes worshiping. She learned from a young age to believe anything she my QAnon girl. Little, uh, Steve Goody from his album What I Did During My Pandemic Vacation. I wanted to play a little of that to remind you that tonight we are doing the virtual comedy show. Go to virtualcomedyshow.com. It's a free show. We always invite you to leave some tips, but it's a, a fun community uh, filled with comics and musicians. We do a lot of topical humor, and that will be tonight. Uh, that's 9 p.m. Central. Uh, we're going to connect hopefully in a few moments with Scott Stantis. Uh, I also want to make sure I get to the calls. I know you've been on hold for a while. Judy, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Patty. How are you? I'm all right. It's a beautiful day. I'm so excited. Tomorrow's going to be warm, too. Oh, so nice. I finally got outside to disembowel a plant that I wanted to replant (laughs) with one of the babies. (laughs) I didn't want to do it in my kitchen because it usually cut leaves all over the place. So I sat on my front stoop and pulled it out and separated some roots. But it was really so beautiful out there. It was so gorgeous. It really, just a stunningly gorgeous day. My husband's birthday today, so it was... Oh, you know, it was happy birthday happy. to him! Yeah, 87. He made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. But what I was, what I've been grinding on today was the fact that that judge has still not made any decision on, on the drug. I feel like Forrest Gump, so many of these things, you know, I'm right there in the midst of it, like the movie where he was in on every major thing that happened in his lifetime. Right. My daughter-in-law has lupus. Oh, no. Yes, one of the pills that she has to take is that pill. Oh, wow. I can't, don't ask me to say it. I'm fairly good at pronouncing these things, but... That one's a doozy. That's a tough one. I believe it. Yeah, but it she has, you know, along with lupus, you are susceptible to all sorts of other ones, and I believe Cushing's is one of them. Yeah. Okay. And so she takes that pill for that part of her lupus. Yes, he. My son really is basically a caretaker for quite a long time, and. Um, hmm. So, you know, it's hard. He's the one that has to go out and fight for the drugs. 
it's a lot of stress on him. If anybody who has a lot of drugs to take knows, right now I'm waiting to find out if I can. I get them free through Abby because they're quite expensive. So I'm, they said they had it straightened out, and I called them today, and they aren't at my doctor's, and they haven't called me back, and so you know it's. That's always fun. So, and that's—I imagine—that's what's going to happen with Rebecca. That she's—they're going to have to fight for it somehow. Yeah. No, it's amazing how much they made the the when you're already in crisis, the amount of uh, hoops that they men, they they uh, make you jump through is uh, can be burdensome. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened, uh, she's also lost a good many of her teeth. So, mm. luckily, her father can afford it, and he's paying for. Uh, having the posts put in, but those ads that say you go in there and you come out smiling are ridiculous. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> she, well, for one thing, she heals very slowly with this. Right. So she's been without the teeth, but she's gotten most of the posts in. Right. So That's a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So she's been, you know, on a almost liquid diet for a oh. couple of weeks. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so, yeah, it's hard on her, it's hard on my son, it's hard on, you know, it, it just, the waves lap out from the middle and it makes it hard on everybody. Yeah, I'm so sorry going through that. I send, well, I, we, we send you, it's going to be, it's going to be a long road. We send you, uh, you know, some love your way, Judy, you need it. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hate to say you've almost gotten used to it, but. Yeah, I don't think people start. My my sister can't be spoken to because she doesn't know who we are. And mm. I just heard that my brother-in-law died. Now he's no. It's it, it won't affect us much because he lives in France in the first place, and my sister's been divorced from him for several years. But I talked to my niece, and she said, "You know, my mom and dad fought for so many years." Mm. She said, I don't know how to feel. She said her brothers are are taking it not well because even though he was a pretty tough father and he had a drinking problem, that she said it, it's it's an odd relationship. It's still their father. Right. And so I, I'm thinking, trying to compose some kind of a nice thing to write to her and say, yes, but... You know, thanks to him, we have you, and she has two boys that are just lovely children. <laughs> I've never had two nicer children in my house. They're just wonderful. They're very smart, and they took care of themselves. And we walked out in the yard, and I said to the kids, you can look at anything you want in here. You can't hurt anything. And apparently they wandered around the house, and then my husband gave them something that I had actually given him where you make paper planes and wow. amused them for the whole time they were here. Got to keep them busy. Has, yeah. Yeah. Nobody has to take care of them. They're yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, Judy, sounds like you got like a lot going on in your life. I hope that you're taking Thank care you. of yourself. Yeah. Well, we're, we're trying. Yeah. We got the car wash and I got a plant partially replanted. I try <laughs> to focus on the positives the that I can get yeah. done. Yeah. Well, thankfully there's sunshine. Um, yeah, I, well, we're, we're wishing. 
Yeah, we're wishing you all the best. I, I, I've, I've got Scott on the line. I've got to run to him. Oh, good. I, I'm going to take a break and then. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Judy. My best, yeah. your family. I know you're going through a lot. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. Take care. Let me take a break here. We'll check in with Scott Stantis. I know folks got a lot going on in their lives. I, again, I hope that uh, the sunshine, at least, you know, get out and take a deep breath and uh, try to recenter. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Get home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. All right. Joining us is the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, Scott Stantis. Uh, thank you, Scott, for joining us. Uh, hey, thanks and, for having me. And sending me a As mysterious always. message that you uh, that you sent me a package, and I haven't been home for a while. Uh, so. No, you know what? It just struck me. I, I was just thinking, how stupid is this? Okay, you're a high-profile person who has been, at times, a lightning rod for controversy. And I thought, I'm going to send her a present just because, just because, because I love her. I'm going to send you. her a present. Okay. And I did, and then I thought, I didn't tell her this was coming. Oh, dear. <laughs> so there's a package to your house. Okay. From no, it doesn't say who it's from. So <laughs> you know who hates I'm that? Thinking, Steve hates that. I he, yeah. bet. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he I'm pokes like, it with a stick, calls I'm like the a bomb do- squad. Right? I'm like a dog with a new toy. I'm like, oh, what is it for me? What's happening? Is that for me? Yay. I'm the same way with phone calls. Like, if I don't know who's calling, I still answer. Uh, Steve hates that. Oh, really? Oh, I'm that, in the Dorothy, I Par- I like, I like the Dorothy Parker uh, school of thought. What fresh hell is this? That's just about nine times out of ten. It's got to be like, have you upgraded your auto uh, policy? Because... Mm. It's usually someone that I forget to save their contact info, and then I'm on the phone. They're asking me for, and and now that I know a a lot of political uh, candidates, uh, it's often people looking to for donations. Uh, And then I check my records and see how much they supported me, and then we go from there. (laughs) There you go. This is a very. I I I I think you're going to like it. So I'm I'm really kind of stoked to uh, hear hear your reaction. So yes, it's um, yeah. Bring back some happy memories. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I appreciate whatever gift. Uh, just having you on the show is a gift, Scott. Oh, yes. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you like the Super Bowl yesterday? I could care less. You didn't, did I you mean, watch? I did because I like sports and sure. a friend inv- invited me over. So um, I sat in. And we, it was a well, except for that stupid call near the end. I mean, that's one of those. But that's the game as you get stupid yeah. calls sometimes. Mm-hmm. The pass interference call. But, um, you know, yeah, it was. I mean, it was exciting. It ended, you know, last second field goal and mm-hmm. ads. Some of the ads were very funny. And there's that. So, But honest to goodness, I tried leading up to the Super Bowl. I tried to find a reason to root for one of the teams. OK. And it took I, I couldn't get there. Didn't just. Oh. I didn't. I didn't have a team. I was just like, "Oh, this is going well." Uh, Steve, though, at some point did uh, decide he was the Chiefs on the Chiefs side, and then when they started winning, I feel like he felt bad for the Eagles, and he started cheering for the Eagles. So that's, <laughs> that's how that worked out. How'd you like uh, Rihanna's performance? It was too, um, it was mediocre. It was that's fine. Yeah, I it's just like yeah. I mean, it's like oh, and here's I mean, she used it all as a reveal that she's pregnant again. Said, that was oh, weird. Great. Well, I knew from the very beginning. I'm like, oh, yes, she's pregnant. Just, yeah. Well. She, I was with. I was actually watching with someone who's much younger than me and who actually cares. Mm-hmm. And she's, oh my god, she's pregnant! She looks pregnant. Do you think she's pregnant? I go, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. you know, it just reminds me of that one of the million of great uh, Onion headlines. 
It says, miracle of birth happens for eight billionth time. <laughs> <laughs> but not on a floating, not with someone who, like, I was, but for me, it was interesting because she's on this floating pl- platform. Clearly, she has, like, a harness and stuff like that. It was just, it was, that part was a little bit fascinating. I was mostly sad because my favorite song is one of her, her first hit was uh, Ponder Replay from when she was, like, I think she was, like, 17 years old. Declan was a baby. I was breastfeeding him when he first came home from the hospital. I saw her on Ellen. Aww. And I thought, that's the song I like. But we all have our favorites. Although I did the good. two, I did the two or three uh, a.m. feeding for my oldest boy, and um, they're on turn on you know MTV. For those of you younger, uh, MTV <laughs> used to actually show music videos, yes, correct? And it was a Stand by Me was this was the movie, <gasps> That's a and good that one. S- song was in heavy rotation. It always came on when, when I was doing during the three three a.m. feeding. So. I always have memories of my little boy and sleep deprivation. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That, that's, uh, that's definitely something to connect. I agree. That's so yeah. funny. So, uh, so how about that mayor's race? Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> I want to talk okay. about Jesus Gets Us first. We were, we were talking about that last, last break. <laughs> I was watching. I, I love those ads uh-huh. because that really is, you know, you know I'm a I'm practicing Catholic and I actually believe in Jesus Christ, but I also believe what he said and, but, and but why take to heart what he told us to do. Right. It's just that the images that they show, the, the one with the little kids, I get. I thought it was going to be a Church of Latter-day Saints. That's that's kind of the, the hokey stuff that, that my old church uh, will put on, 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 on TV and things like that. Um, but, but $20 million to for a Super Bowl ad? Do, do, do Christians not know that Jesus gets us? Or is it... I, I I think it I think it speaks to the moment though, don't you? Where you have I'm doing air quotes, always effective on the mm-hmm. radio. Uh, but you know the, the Christians, especially the Christian right, who apparently and their Jesus told us to hate everybody unless they look and talk and go to the same church as us, right? Um, you know, and so I think it speaks that spoke to the moment. Was it twenty million bucks they dropped on that? thing? And it was funded by the guy who owns Hobby Lobby, who tries to scra- crawl. Crawl, I'm sorry, really crush uh, LGBTQ rights, uh, access to abortion and things like that. It, it's, it, it was not a call to everything. It's a, it's a call to a bigger thing. Yes, that's mostly funded by the guy from Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby, I got the. I thought the. Um, am I wrong? I mean, yes. If I, uh, okay. <laughs> no. What was your so question? often? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I thought he. I thought he actually does have these personal beliefs, but that the the company itself does not act on any of them that the insurance is extended to not for birth control no i mean remember this was the whole fight was that they didn't want to have they didn't want to have to uh, be a part of funding birth access to birth control and things like that but so it's the it's the people behind it yes 20 million per commercial by the way i think that jesus would have thought you could spend that money a better way He's like, Jesus Jesus would be like (laughs) i'm good if people get it if they read the bible they know i love them I, i get you yeah, I don't know. Well, here's the thing on the birth control stuff. If the Republicans continue to get away with what they've been getting away with, by the way, and this is where my libertarianism really comes to the fore, because now they're trying to stop um, mailing of the morning after pill, right? Correct. which even the Catholic Church which, said. That guy's eh, behind. Wait. The guy from those ads is behind that funding as well. Go ahead. Is that right? Yes. Because that seems to flaunt, run contrary to the message of the ad. Correct. But I could be. But 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 here's the thing, people. Everyone, God, I cannot tell you how many friends, especially on the left, who don't believe me when I say this. The Republicans have said, 
we're going to ban birth control. We're going to go yeah. after that next. Agreed. They have said it, and no one believes it because they're thinking, no one's that crazy. That won't sell. That can't happen. Yep. Yeah. Ladies no. and gentlemen. It's happening. That's the goal. <laughs> yes. That's the end game. And Let that's, me ask, Patty, yes. can this happen? Yes. See? <laughs> yes, I, I I don't understand. I mean, this was you know this was always the uh, the placating that uh, that Democrats allowed, which was it's it's settled law of the land. There's already precedent. We're not coming for abortion, and here we are. And it was always and and because many Christians, the evangelicals, believe that birth control is a form of abortion because it's sex is only intended for procreation. I'm sure that that's the only only way you've ever had uh, sex, Scott. Ever. And all Christians. Ever. I'm sure that that's yes. Amen. <laughs> I know that they pray over every soiled sock in a bo- teenage boy's room. That those are... <laughs> God. <laughs> that those are souls that did not enter this earth. That they were Indeed. wasted. Yes. I'm just saying. No, it's a preposterous notion. And, and but but I'm telling you and your listeners, believe me when I tell you, these people are crackers and they are going for when they say nineteen fifties America, this is what we're aiming for and this is what they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, hey, this is coming from a you know, a, an old white guy, so I would you think I'd be thrilled to death because those were the salad days. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, no, they sucked for ninety percent of Americans. It was terrible, and so they're going for this. So, like you just said, if if we really have to say that, you know, especially the especially the Democrats have to stand up and say, not just like go, oh, come on, you silly, silly right wing people, this mm-hmm. won't happen. It will happen unless you stand up and be counted, and not after the not after the damn fact. Mm-hmm. By the way, trying to prevent it, right? So the he gets us ads cost twenty million per, right? On top of a handful of previous uh, iterations of the commercial that aired in recent weeks. Uh, so this is the Servant Foundation, which is uh, the the biggest name behind that is the owner of Hobby Lobby. They reported one billion dollars in assets and a distribution of three hundred ninety million in grants to anti-abortion and anti-LGBTQ organizations, according to its 2020 tax returns. Accord, uh, among the top five beneficiaries of these programs, Alliance Defending Freedom, which takes credit for drafting the 2018 Mississippi law that led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So that's the funding. That's what they, that's what they spend money on. And they're also, they're also bankrolling the lawsuits to prevent medical, those, those abortion pills. Well, you've just educated me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, because I was unaware of who this was, because I loved the message, which was, you know, he he loves all of us, which yes. is true. Unless unless you faith, unless but. you want to have uh, unless you're gay or uh, trans or you want to have access to the full range of women's reproductive health care. I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm, I'm I am um, stunned. Frankly, I'm, I'm I feel um, a little lied to. That's weird. I don't like this feeling. Make it go away. Okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about balloons? What do you want? Oh, the mayoral race. The mayoral race. You said mayoral race. Balloons. Look at the shiny object. Balloons and mayoral races. No, no, no. I'm, no. Getting back to what you just said, that's I, – I was unaware. 
Uh, because Janine and I, who both you know we uh, think very similarly on this issue and we on on the on the religion issue, the big issue, and we're going, oh, that's really a sweet message because mm-hmm. it shows the other commercials show diversity and like you know he loves all of us even if we disagree, yell at each other, and I mean we just. Um, Wow. Yes. Wow. So what so what's the end game on this? Is that really like you you're like I'm like like someone like a moron like me who was unaware of this running up to the Oh look at that that look at that pretty look at the pretty balloon and then surprise <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the push to uh, so right now, so the uh, for months activists and healthcare providers have been sounding the alarm on seismic implications that the ruling outlawing um my prostol, the my for I can't pronounce any of these medications, which You're is widely which is widely used to both uh, to to both safely induce abortion and help end a miscarriage that's underway. Yeah. And these efforts yeah. would none these efforts would not be possible without the millions of dollars in funding from the Servant Foundation, which bought those ads. So it's a lot. I Here's the thing: uh, you already loved Jesus. Right. For me, like the, like when I first, I didn't know who was behind these ads. For me, I was like, well, this let's, you know, the religious right feel good about watching football again because they were all they had their panties in a bunch uh, over kneeling uh, about racism. I'm sure they're upset about, you know, the back. Well, the Catholic, helmets. I'm not upset about kneeling. But right. <laughs> so, right. That's what I always thought. Sit, kneel, stand. That's the whole that's the whole thing. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Before we go to the break, let's start we'll, a couple minutes, uh, and we'll we'll continue with the mayoral race when we come back. But uh, um, it's getting it's 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 fascinating to see. I, you know, I was I was surprised to see Rich Miller, who's a blogger uh, for Cap Facts. I know Scott Scott's giving me a look. Um, sort of re- amplify the growing tensions between uh, Latinos, the Latino population and the black population when it comes to having conversations about immigrants' rights and, and vote, access to voting. Uh, Brandon Johnson did a, a, an interview uh, with um, Carrie Steele's husband, a camera, Mays, who has had some unfortunate things to say about uh, people uh, like Latinos and, and uh, perhaps some anti-Semitic co- uh, Semitic comments. And Aaron Ortiz, I'm sorry, Alex, there was a, a Latino legislator who was like, he was disappointed in Brandon Johnson. Rich Miller retweeted it without context. Like, it just seems like now we're going to, we're pitting Latinos and, and blacks and African-Americans against each other in this race, which I noticed a little bit early on. But I don't know if it's something you're picking up on from uh, your perspective. That's happened every May. I know. Election. This one just seems a little bit worse than usual. It's, it seems like it's starting to get a little bit of momentum. That's why I was surprised to see Rich Miller amplify it. <laughs> Scott, I, like, I, I get. <laughs> you know why I'm giving you this face. You know. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised by anything that Rich Miller does. Yeah, you know what? And yet, and yet, here I am. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can address the issue here because it's a, it's a three it's a three corner boxing ring. It always is, and 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 it has been for decades in the Chicago mayoral races. You have North Shore white liberals, you have African Americans, and you have Latinos. Now, two of those groups are joined together and be you know a juggernaut. They they elect the mayor. Um, that's it's not, how they, it, it's not the Latinos though. It's not the Latinos though. We're sort of, uh, we seem, we, do you think that it's a, the black population and the, uh, um, I lost, I think my battery just died, Scott. Hold on, let me see. Can you no, see? No, I still see you. Okay, I good. Still see you. Um, <laughs> do you think it's the, the, the black community and the Latino community that, that unified elect 
our mayors? They never. They they don't. No. They no because the mayors work like crazy to pick one or the other, right? And use that, and then and then as a wedge. create a, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and then have an alliance with the uh, white liberal North Shore types, and right. that's how they get elected. That's what I mean. Um, Daily, when he ran the first, when he ran successfully the first time, he had the Latino white community against the black community, and that's and that's. I mean, that wouldn't it be great? Call me crazy if you could say <laughs> the entire to. city could come together mm-hmm. and like say and have a candidate who says, you know what, I'm for everybody, um, and that's South Side, West Side, North Side, yeah. East side's not an issue because if you're on the east side, blub 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 blub. So yeah, I just it, that's always happened. And it makes me crazy. I hate wedge issues and I hate wedge candidates. But uh, Chicago mayoral candidates, like I said, have always. I mean, not always. Yeah, no, yeah. Wait, I take that back. Always been that way. It's either been, uh, of course, you know, back in the day, it was pretty much black and white, literally. Yeah, and that's absolutely. something. That, um, and now we have this. I can't so, remember yeah. before Chewy. I'm trying to think of other Latino uh, candidates in the mayoral race. Can you? I don't know that there. I don't know if there were Latino candidates. There were definitely, like I said, daily definitely courted. You know, yes. Oh, very, very much. Again, that's how he. That's how he broke up the uh, Washington um, coalition. Uh, obviously, after Mayor Washington passed away. Um, and so that, yeah, so that's where, how this. All comes down here, and it just—it's it's disgusting. I just, you know, I just—it it makes me crazy because Chicago is facing a lot of serious issues, and I'd love to have serious candidates making serious proposals. And I guess that's not going to happen. So, you know, there it is. There it is. Let, <laughs> let's, let's take a break, and uh, I want to see if you've uh, watched or listened to any of the mayoral forums. Of course, I'm sure you listened to the WCPT. Oh, yeah, I did. All right, let's talk about that when we come oh, I back. I did. Next. Oh, great. Did you see, you see the part where? I, I was uh, took too long to go to the bathroom. Turns out I thought I had three minutes. I only had two. So I would have made it if it was three, but I... I, <laughs> I didn't see that. I don't remember oh, that never, part. Never mind. It didn't, it didn't happen. Then let's take a break here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> More uh, conversation with Scott Santos, <laughs> the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News, as well as one of the contributors to Center Clip. You can go to his, the website, uh, gocomics.com. To yeah. find all of his yeah, work. Yeah, you can do that. Excellent. Yeah. All right. More with Scott when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News, uh, joins us on the line. You can also find his work at gocomics.com. And uh, I've got to get a clip out today to a uh, center clip. I've, it's... I think once I get in the rhythm of it, Scott, I'll be more constant. I know. It's not easy. I really, okay. I got to admit. Now, for those of you out there who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, Center Clip is a new app, and it's like mini podcasts. They can go 30 seconds to five minutes, and it's just really, it's great for breaking news. It's great. We have a mutual friend, Ted Rawl, who jumps on, well, it seems like five times an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's just Well, good. Crazy. He's filling the gap for me, because I, I <laughs> And me, I forget. It's I know. Just, and... And they send you this email, and it's, it's so sweet because Quinn, the guy who runs it, is so nice. And he sends you these emails. Okay, here's some suggestion, guys. Here's something for the morning. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Wait till I get my coffee. Then I forget. Yes. And then he'll send it out in the afternoon and say, hey, guys, here's something for the afternoon. You can respond to these. Isn't this cool? You guys are great. I love you. 
Well, there was one that I was going to respond to, and I was like, ah, I don't know how to do this nicely. Uh, don't. I know, but there, I, I don't want to be that person either, but there was someone who was like, good for the AP, the Board of Education, whatever, that, that said that they weren't going to teach CRT in African-American studies, and I'm so tired. Here, Okay, can we talk about this for one second? Of course. Because CRT, I guarantee you, is going to be taught now for the rest of American history. Not because, not CRT, the theory, which was really intended for law school and to figure out how much racism impacts uh, people of color in, in, when it comes to our justice system and when it comes to taking out loans. Like that was critical race theory was figuring out what the impacts were, how to be aware of them, how to adjust. Right. But now CRT is going to be studied as the lightning rod, the baseball bat that white and like Christo fascist uh, conservatives decided to uh, swing like a bat to control people and to fear monger. Anyway, that's just my. I, I just I think it's fun when white people tell us what kind of because this guy said that we should just stick to culture and uh, and prominent figures like like anyone gets to decide who we study or why we study it. I'm just saying. No, I mean, you and I are both history wonks, and you and I both know that history is very, 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 very deep, very layered, mm-hmm. uh, very complicated. Yeah. And, you know, so, but, you know, but <laughs> between you and me, Patty, slavery, not so complicated. No. <laughs> it's really no. not. It's like we own people, and the people who were owned didn't want to be owned. Correct. Uh, which, which is completely and utterly understandable. Uh, I think in a rational world, uh, in an irrational world, we don't talk about that because it might, you know, affect, you know, uh, uh, offend the, uh, the snowflakes uh, who uh, who uh, may be part of the group that uh, perpetuated yeah. slavery in our country. So yeah, I probably should. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll be better. I, about I would you. jump on if I were. No, I think that's a great. I think that's a great issue. To jump so, on and, 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 and that whole issue of what to teach, what not to teach. You can teach subjective yes. history and say, you know what? I mean, this country has a past that it shouldn't be proud of. It's not proud of. And and uh, you go ahead and you talk about it yeah. and you say, okay, that's how you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know nobody likes their mistakes thrown at them. Right. I mean, nobody. Right. Uh, right. Okay. Right. I get that. But you know what? Okay. Too bad. <laughs> you, you, you screw up. Stand there and take it. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just go and you, and you apologize when you have to apologize. Right. And you um, and you learn and I, you go forward and don't do it again. So right, there. it's funny that the people who hate the uh, participation awards in sports, right? Oh, everyone gets a trophy. What you know? Don't uh-huh. like when their kids feel bad about history and things that have happened. They don't like their kids feeling <laughs> empathetic. You mean people are are hypocritical? That's that's really. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, it's so like, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it, when you start messing with history, then you kind of get into my wheelhouse and it makes me angry because you have to, like I said, you, you, you got to be objective about it. You got to say, you know, this happened, this happened, maybe this happened, this could have happened. Yep. Is there any evidence that happened? No. Well, then let's, and, but the other side of that equation, Patty, that makes me nuts mm-hmm. is I went on, okay. This Uh-oh. is going to sound weird. I'm your, you know, I'm a recovering Republican here. I went on Fox News today. Oh, God. Their, their news site, because mm-hmm. I don't have cable. Uh, so, you know, I don't do that. But I went on their news site. Every headline, I was visit my mother-in-law. God bless her. She's in her 80s, and she has Fox on 29 hours a day. Oh, God. And one of the headlines was, the caravan going from the border to your backyard. Oh, boy. I'm going, 
That headline is designed for my mother-in-law. It's designed for people like her who are old and scared, and it's just to scare the 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 stuff in the out of, stuffing out of her, and it does. So you have C, you know critical race theory. That CRT is coming for your grandchildren. It's just, oh my God! I must not have that. Um, you know, uh, trans reading hour. I mean, don't say you know, I don't want it. Don't go to the library and watch it. I mean, this is very yeah. complicated stuff, people. No, it's really not. Anyway, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I just want every every few months I go on their website, and every few months I just go, God, this is disturbing. Yeah. God, this is it. Really is it's because the headlines are designed to scare the hell out of old and or dumb people. That's its function. I, I can't argue with you on that. Okay, no, <laughs> I, I know you're not going to <laughs> Patty. I dare defend Fox News. I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Ooh. I understand. I feel so lucky that my parents. I, my dad didn't even know what. I don't think he did. Hey, I've, I've left someone on hold. So uh, here's a, a, oh, accepting sure. my responsibility for my behavior. Uh, Eduardo's been on hold for a bit. I've just been trying to find a place where we could switch uh, to talking about the earthquake in Turkey. Eduardo, what did you want to say about what's going on? These this horrifying stories, although some. Good stories of I know. babies being rescued in the rubble. What's on your mind? Yeah, and I made a donation to the Turkish Center on Saturday, uh, which was uh, great. I saw a lot of people out there. But, uh, yeah, they issued uh, arrest warrants for 130 developers. Uh, BBC said that there were 13 million homes, or excuse me, buildings that were not structurally sound. So that's why they have these arrests out for these people. So, I mean... This could, this could have been prevented, and now you have a big loss of life. Yeah. Well, that don't, Eduardo. Uh, I want to just throw, jump in, if I may, and just say Chicago. Don't forget, we had a story in the in the Chicago Tribune recently about the inspections and how shockingly. So I hope you're sitting down. There's corruption here, and that the instructions. <coughs> excuse me. The inspections are um, not as thorough as they should be, and and. Uh, you know, should some obviously earthquakes don't happen in Chicago very often, but uh, should anything happen, these buildings not in such great shape. Yeah, I know. I think about that sometimes too. Yeah, it's uh, the that was where you f- see where corruption has a has an impact on everyday safety. You know, we really do need to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. But I'm glad they're 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 actually doing that. I'm wondering in Syria because it's now that's that's yep. rebel held ter- territory, right? So it's it's also getting access, getting like doctors about borders and other relief groups that they're green. Was it Green Crescent, which is the Muslims' world version of Red Cross, um, is having difficulty getting into those areas too? So we're really still pretty pretty blind on that, aren't we? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, thank you. Eduardo. Where did you uh, did you contribute? You said it was the uh, the red, was it wasn't the Red Cross. What did you say you contributed to? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a donation for like uh, clothes, uh, other items that right. uh, they were accepting donations for. So it was a Turkish center over there by near Norwich on uh, oh. Harlem and uh, Irving Park. Oh, great! All right, that's great yeah, to know. Awesome. Thank you for letting us know. Let me see if we can find the information. So in case uh, people want to, the Turkey, hold on a second. Let me find uh, on Harlem uh, support for those who. uh, 3845 North Harlem, I believe. Excellent. Uh, Oh, Chicago groups helping with relief efforts in Turkey and Syria. Uh, Yeah, I I think you can can do a general search and find out places uh, near you. The Turkish American Cultural Alliance, the Turkish consulate is uh, accepting donations. Uh, So we we thank you. Downtown, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I thank you for that. And also, as you mentioned, the Turkish American Cultural Alliance at 3845 uh, North Harlem Avenue in Chicago. And they are accepting donations uh, from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, every uh, weekdays. Donated items should be brand new uh, or less, used in excellent condition and clean. Uh, you can bring things in a box, uh, in a box or a bag, uh, and please don't seal the containers because they're going to go through. They also they need diapers, baby food, cleaning and hygiene supplies. They are sending um, the uh, sending these, these items. They also need uh, winter clothing for adults and kid, kids. They need tents and sleeping bags, generators, and flashlights. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Patty. Yeah, thank you for putting that on the air. Thank you very much. Of course. No, thank you for for reminding me. Sometimes, you know, I, I uh, uh, conversations get away, and I and I'm not. I don't have all my attention where we definitely need to uh, be intentional about it. So I appreciate it. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you so much, uh, Scott. We did we? Oh, so sweet. It was very sweet. Um, have you seen that image of the the uh, the infant being pulled from the rubble, and one of the firefighters holds the baby up and kisses them, and it's just like, oh, I mean, I can't even imagine the horrifying things that they've seen, in, and be to be able to have that bright moment really makes a difference for folks. You know, did I lose you, Scott? Oh, hold on. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. There you are. I pushed the wrong button. It happens. Oh, okay. It, it happens. <laughs> sorry. And so I'll, it's like I just said the most profound profound thing I could ever say, and now I, I believe know what it was. <laughs> it's my have changed everyone's lives for the better. Dang. <laughs> um, no. Um, I, I Yeah, you get some good news, but my gosh. I mean, the, I, I, I believe the death toll now is up to getting up to 30,000. Uh, and like I said, we don't know what's happening in Syria right now. Um, you know, that, and that's got to be just even worse because emergency vehicles, emergency supplies, all that stuff not getting in. Um, but, oh, you know, I mean, the thing about that kind of catastrophe is that as, as horrible and the price that we have to pay in human life and, and also capital. But, just it also shows our humanity, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, a lot of times, we're we're not as awful as I think we are. I agree. Yes. Well, you know, I I come from the. Uh, I, I think what what happens uh, in many situations that I come across is I do give people the benefit of the doubt, and when they don't live up to that, or at least you know aren't halfway decent, that's when I get really enraged. Like that, you know. Yeah. What I, mean? I have like a baseline. I, like someone told, asked me, like as far as like politics go, and they're like, you know, how you know, how come you keep having hope and you're not cynical? And I'm like, I'd rather be disappointed than angry all the time. Um, believe me, I carry a certain amount of rage. I think everyone would agree. But for the most, <laughs> Scott, it's good thing no. people can't see you on our on our Zoom conversation that I also am having in the studio with you. Uh, yeah, I, I carry a, 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 do, a certain amount of it, a certain level. But for the most part, I I, I try to start from scratch with people, um, and and uh, when I'm proven wrong. But I agree. It is incredible to see people trying to work. I was thinking about this, too. Again, coming back to politics, uh, when it comes to when we I, I was thinking if we were to have, God forbid, a catastrophe, whether it is an earthquake or an you know, attack from another country, would we be the same United Front that we were on 9-11? Because I'm getting all indications of if. President Biden is in office. Boebert and and Trader Green and Kevin McCarthy, like all of these blowhards, are just going to have nasty, horrible things to say in the middle of of a, of a catastrophe and tragedy. Well, well, look at the. I mean, as 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 
uh, I'm silly and, and, and frankly, I'm not surprised that the balloons flying over right. the United States and that using that as an opportunity to say, well, he should have done this. Well, right. Right. but your but the your your Lord and Savior Donald J Trump didn't had balloons fly over and didn't do a damn thing. They don't care. But that's they don't care. That's, no. So yes, you're right. If there was God forbid, I'm knocking wood. Yeah, sorry about um, that. If there was something horrible happening here, would we unite? Um, they I, wouldn't. I'm very doubtful. Yeah. They would say that he was a terrible leader. They would say it was his fault. You know, all, and look, I, I, I guess they can point to the criticism that we and the screaming that we did during Trump's administration in response to covid, which he knew for he knew for quite a long time was going to be catastrophic, sat on it. Four hundred thousand deaths during, you know, before he left office. Uh, yeah, we do point for that point to that because of his lack of uh, or sense of urgency and treating it as a, a national crisis. He said it was going to be gone by Easter and and downplayed it because uh, he didn't want to scare people, didn't want to have to take responsibility for it. There were others. I mean, there's there's a lot of blame to go around during that whole episode. We're looking back on it now Mm -hmm. and exploring what went wrong. And, you know, this is, again, gee, history, knowledge, facts. (laughs) What are the odds of all those things coming together? Oh, wait, they come together all the time in history. And so there's a lot of bad actors uh, throughout that whole I'm not saying that the Trump administration should have been the leader and they were not. They, and so, yeah, I mean, there was a whole the book stops here. How who was the last one to even take that sort of attitude? I mean, like I think the president Biden would President Trump blamed everybody else. Right. Oh, yeah. No, he, he everybody else. Mistake. No. Oh, no. You were you were. Yeah, OK. You were right on that all along. I'm sorry. <sighs> you were. Man, you were. <laughs> I was so wrong so often. I mean. It was no, for those for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Patty and I would bet, and she, I would lose. I'd say, okay, Trump has he's gone a step too far. It's over. This thank goodness, this ridiculousness is done. No, and Patty would stand up and go, ah, wrong answer, Scott. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, I'm sorry too. I'm yes. sorry for the country. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break here. I'm looking at some of your cartoons, and uh, I wanted. To, uh, there's a why is a baby taking fentanyl? Oh, why? That's very sad. It's just being, yeah. Well, it's just the country. We just, uh, we just love the stuff. Apparently, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a dark one. Uh, let's take yeah. a quick break, and we'll. Uh, <laughs> that's wow. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's, there's a several fish rotting on the head today. What is happening? Oh, look at you covering all kinds of stuff. Yeah, a lot going on. We're hanging out with Scott Stantis. <laughs> He's the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. This, this is somebody else's cartoon, though, right? It's Mike yeah, Mike do- Custode uh, Peterson. Oh, I see. But somebody else posted on your wall. Let's, uh, what? let's uh, it's, it's someone else's cartoon. I'm like, this isn't how you draw. Several fish rotting from the head today. See the union responses. What is this? What is this? I'm sorry. I'm looking oh, at. Oh, that's the card. That's a comic strip of the day. And it's a guy who blogs about comic strips. Gotcha. Uh, let's come back and wrap up with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News, as well as one of the contributors to Whiskey and a Cookie, which is moving to seven o'clock. I probably should tell Adam and as that as well. Let me take a break here. Yeah, they, they may want to know. They may want to know. More in a moment <laughs> on the Heartland Signal. We're driving it home to seven. <laughs> Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Here we go. We are hanging out with Scott Stanford, the uh, 
for the cartoons for the Chicago Tribune. I wanted to make sure I had the, uh, I didn't want to have the audio coming in from everywhere for Scott because I've got, <laughs> we're on Zoom together and uh, we're, we've got a couple minutes left. What are you working on for, what's your next cartoon that, what's catching your attention for news this This, this, this has evening? been one of those, this has been one of those days where I am, um, I'm, I'm draw, I've just finished my second cartoon, third cartoon of the day, and now I have to write my comic strip. So it's going to be a long night. It's um, I did a local cartoon in Dallas. Are you familiar with uh, uh, Attorney General Paxton down there? It sound, the name sounds familiar. Oh, look him up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to know him is to loathe him. He's oh, God. Like, and he's great to draw because he's just a weird looking dude and he's insane. And he just got, he, pro- he said he's going to shell out three and a half million dollars because of, uh, he, he actually tried to attack and really be horrible to these whistleblowers who were protected by the whistleblower law in Texas. And so he has to shell out three and a half. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Oh, dear. Taxpayers of Texas have to shell out three and a half million dollars settlement and he has to apologize. Um, so that was cartoon number one. I just finished one about uh, Joe Biden and the balloons. I th- I'm going to send that out shortly or see those. And God, oh, golly, what's the third one? Now I can't remember. It's another Texas issue. And now I'm drawing about. Uh, actually, I'm having Popeye for him to have a guest appearance in my comic strip. Oh. It's National Spinach Day. Hey, I am what I am. <laughs> and I am. And that's all that I am. <laughs> oh, fascinating. I have to look this guy up. What's the name again? Uh, Paxton. P-A-X-T-O-N. Paxton. Okay. okay. I'm just trying to do some research while we're on the air. And where Oh, did- yeah. It's- yep. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Now you go. No, I'm just going to say, you're, I, I just want to hear you look it up. I want to hear your, <laughs> do you have time to hear your reaction? My reaction to Paxton? All right, let me do it real yes. quick. Yes. Right, Pax, P-A-X-T-O-N. Attorney General, yeah, okay. yes. Attorney General of the great state of Texas. Oh, dear gosh. All the yellow mm-hmm. roads of Texas is the only rose for me. AG Texas. Uh, this ought to be good. Uh, Greece give, what's he apologizing for? Settles with former staffers who accused him of, come on, we got to load this page, Scott, uh, of crimes, just crimes, uh, embarrassment. Yes. Okay. Does it, I'm trying to, I try to scroll through to see what the crimes were. He's also been incredibly accused of overseeing a dysfunctional, incompetent, and politically weaponized office. Uh, has accused him of violating the state's open, open records laws. You wish he has? My personal favorite story about the state attorney general's aides who accused him of criminal misconduct, um, the settlement, it's, it's not saying, what, what did he do? God, this is taking a long time to get down to the bottom of what he did. What did he do? Yeah, that's a problem. What? I'm trying to remember. Oh, my gosh. I'm having a senior moment. F- f- scroll. No. Patty, scroll like the wind. I Find f- out for me. I can't remember. I feel like it's everyone's just like just saying he had to pay $3.3 million. Um, they said they were fired after accusing yes. him of bribery or corruption. They're all whistleblowers. So he's paying them $3.3 million for that. Oh, I had right, to run. bribery. I have to go. Oh, oh that, that all scrolling took up my time. I have to turn the station over. Scott Santos, follow him uh, on Twitter. Also go to GoComics.com and uh, find him in the Chicago Tribune and Dallas Morning News. Thank you, Lady B. Mike Greets up next with Devil's Advocate. Bye, Scott. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>